street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. All right, welcome everybody to Epistemic, episode number four. My name is Reed Nicewonder. I'll be your host today. Daniel seems to be under the weather, so I'll uh, take over his hosting duties. So quick intros. Uh, again, my name is Reed Nicewonder. I run the channel Cordial Curiosity. And we also have Anthony Magnabosco with us. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Hey, Anthony. And then we have also Joe Hitchens. Wave Joe or say hello. He's muted. He's there. And also special guest, Eddie Tracy from Deep Discussions. Hey, Eddie. What's up, guys? Hey, nice to have you here. Nice to be here. Yeah, so I guess right off the bat, the first thing up is we're going to be uh, just doing another one of the uh, feedback uh, sections with one of Eddie's uh, videos, his talk with Carla. So uh, want to get that queued up, Anthony? Yep, it's all queued up. I thought we'd have Eddie just give a give a, a little update as far as uh, what he's been up to and where you know what what happened prior to when this video starts. It's a twenty minute discussion, and we start about at the eight minute mark. So, uh, in addition to telling us a little bit about yourself and what prompted this conversation before we play it, um, I'd like to turn it over to Eddie to go ahead and do that. So, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Um... So just a little bit about myself. Um, I live in Tyler, Texas, and that's where I do the SE uh, videos. Um, I recently started in around January, so I haven't been doing it too long. But um, I head over to um, a local park, and I uh, wave people down. Not necessarily wave, but, you know, I uh, try, to, try to get some interviews that way. And um, it's a great you place. You chase them and tackle them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get a lasso, um, but um, I think it's a good spot because it's, there's this huge trail that people go down. Um, so if someone's just walking down in that path, if I can get them to talk, they have a lot of time to think about the conversation. So I think it's a good spot. It also seems like there's a good like amount of foot traffic as well as uh, bicyclists. Is it like a joint trail like that? Yeah. So there's also there's a lot of bicyclists. Um, I usually don't try to get them but uh if people give me a second look i'm like you know i just kind of like look at the show them the little five minute timer and they're like oh what's that about and so, so I, i've gotten a few bikers it also seems pretty quiet like it's a good spot for, for yeah the audio i also stand in the same spot every time um because if someone has seen me there before um they get kind of interested like i've seen this guy who's doing this before like what is he actually doing so i've actually had people come on and like hey i've, I've seen you here before um, you know, what's this all about? And then sometimes that leads into an interview. Sometimes it doesn't. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just be, uh, you know, be, uh, like a comfortable reminder to them. So yeah, they like, Oh yeah, I've seen him before. And yeah, a lot of people will stop if uh, they recognize you. So I think that's a good choice to go to the same place. Plus if, if there's somebody that you've spoken to before, I think your chances of having a secondary conversation would go up if you're using, if you're going to the same spot. Yeah, and also um, 
some people that I've interviewed before uh, will kind of stop by and like while I'm trying to pitch, you know, what I'm doing and they're like, you should do it. It's fun. And so that really helps the environment. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So uh, go ahead and set up this clip for us and then we'll play it. And then at various points in the conversation, we'll stop it. Uh, there's a little chat. I forgot to mention that to the, you guys. Uh, just type in P in the chat for us. This is just for the people broadcasting. Uh, that will be the cue that you want me to pause the video. And then if I'm not mis mis mistaken, as this video is playing, you can just yell things out too. If you see something, you can go ahead and make your comments on it. So yeah, why don't you go ahead and set this up here. Okay, so um, it was uh, two ladies, one of them being Carla, the one that wanted to interview, and uh, they seemed pretty excited, like, oh, you have an interview, you want to do it? Uh, and so it was kind of uh, one of those things where they, uh, you know, there was some excitement involved, so that was good. Um, and so we got talking about um, what beliefs she wanted to um, talk about, and she was kind of torn between God and prayer, and so I just allowed her to pick whatever she wanted. Um, she was, then she went with hundred percent certainty that, uh, God exists. And then, um, from there, she really focused on the Bible and it being the, the word of God is why she believed it. And so then, uh, I think that's where the, the video, um, starts. Cool. Okay, great. I'm going to go ahead and transition over and hit play. And then again, you guys should be able to yell stuff out if you want to. Already, okay. So, if you were to discover that, that um, people believed in a different God with a, with a different book for the same reason, like let's say, do. say like a Hindu came was right here and they believed that their holy text was the Word of God, how would we go about determining which one of them is the Word of God? Um, I guess how it was established, when it was established, because I um, took a class or participated in a class where um, it all, it was based on dates and like which one was established, I guess the earliest, it kind of, you know, puts you um and a mind thought that, oh, such and such established this, so it can't be like the original. Mm. So, that's interesting. She's talking about if other biblical sources, not, um, not non biblical texts. So, okay. oh, I was muted. Sorry. Uh, it looks like she was shifting around kind of side to side. A little bit like she was nervous i don't know if you noticed that or not yeah she was actually um very surprised when i just wanted to clarify which god she believed in she was like oh okay like <laughs> she's not having considered that yeah it's interesting how disarming that one question can be yeah and I, I really just tried to explain that i talked to a lot of people and so i'm just trying to ask for a clarification not necessarily that you know you know, I believe in another God and I'm about to attack you. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. It also seems like there's a little bit of distance between you and her. And I've noticed this on other videos that you have as well. Are you 
you're not standing on the trail. Like, are you in the dirt part of it and she's on the, the cement part of it? Right. So I, I try to have a comfortable um, distance from people that are passing by. So it's not so like, I don't know, it doesn't feel like I'm walking through a mall and someone's like, hey, do you want to buy my product? It's just I'm a little more like, you know, come at your own um, volition, I guess. And uh, sometimes when that happens, uh, people don't come close in, in, in talking distance. They're a little further away. And most people do, but um, I, I, I try not to come to them. I just hope that they come to me. I guess what I should do is not cry about them. it. Yeah, like, you know, uh, I, I, maybe I should, hey, can you come over here? The lighting's a little better or something like that. Um, but I definitely don't want to, uh, if they have a bubble, I don't want to, like, break that bubble, you know? Mm. Personal space, personal space. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, th I think it might be better to, like, be up there on the trail with her or have her down off with you. So you're yeah. on, even though we're talking, like, millimeters of height here, but... Like, I think there could be some benefit to being on the same playing field as them. Yeah, that's true. That was experiment. <laughs> yeah. All right, hit and play. That her book was older than yours. Would that lower your confidence? No, I guess it all goes, on, goes off of belief. Have to believe. And I know it has to have a reason to believe, but I don't think no other. And you're saying for sure that if another book was established before the Bible. Yeah, I'm not necessarily claiming it, I'm just saying hypothetically. Oh, well, I just don't believe. <laughs> I don't believe that there is. Have you looked into it? No. Mm. Good so, question. If you were to discover that some other book was older than yours, that wouldn't really waver your belief. You'd still be 100% confident. What do you think it is that's keeping you at 100% if it's not the age of the book? Faith. Faith. Okay. Um, what do you, how do you use the word faith? Like, what does faith mean to you? Um, something that, um, well, it's a belief. It's believing in something that's not believe in something that. <laughs> She's never been asked this before. I don't know how to explain it. Um, it's just I can't. I have the um in my mind, but I can't put it to work. Okay. The definition keeps rolling by on yeah. like, I don't want to say the definition of it. So she doesn't I, want to I, say, I doesn't want to say it aloud. We'll use the word in a different way and it means Yeah, I wonder what she meant there. I, I think she was probably in her mind she wanted to say was believing something without any evidence, but she doesn't want to say that because it sounds silly <laughs> when you actually say it. But that's my guess. Hmm. I, um, I really wanted to give her a chance to think about this, you know, especially if she's never thought about it, but also don't want to make it too awkward. So I threw her a bone in just a second. Right. Yeah. I, I listened to this beforehand. Uh, and yes, you, uh, you don't let her squirm 
you actually help her out. And I think that was good. Here we go. Things I like to ask what they mean, but I can kind of give you some examples. So um, some people think faith and trust are like synonymous. It's just a, a trust. Some people think that faith is just believing in things you don't see. Um, and then there's the more like technical description where it's, uh, I think it's more biblical, but I don't know it by heart. It's faith is, uh, the belief in something and evidence of things unseen or something like that. So see, that's the definition that rose by my yeah, mind. I can't remember. Of course, it, so. You always have to have your own, the reason why you have, um, so I guess I guess what I'm asking is, what do you mean when you have faith that God is real? I guess um, I don't know. I keep wanting to say a belief. Okay. Or um, like a strong belief. I don't really want to say belief. I have um, like hope, I suppose. Hope. Okay. Good pause there. How does hope or hoping for something, how does that relate to whether that thing is true or not? Because in order to have hope, you have to believe. Can you, I was a confused can you by that one. hope for something and it not be true? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> how do you know what you're hoping for or have faith in is is true. How do you know if if you're using faith to conclude that God is real and faith it means having hope, how do you know that your hope isn't misplaced? How do you know that it's not true? Or how do you know that it's true, I guess? It's I guess it all just relates back to immediately believe in God. I think I'm going to have one. What did she just say there? I guess it all depends on what you believe in. Um, so she's going to start explaining. She's going to basically explain, hey, my... I think she's making the case that my faith is, is uh, good because it's true. And so it's, yeah, it's a little circular. She's assuming it's true. And so that's why her faith is valid. Hmm. And so that's... It is interesting how many people... It is interesting how many people say faith is belief. I'm sure you yeah. get, that, get, get yeah. that a lot too, Reed. People, people just don't yeah. seem to have spent much time uh, analyzing what they really mean by these words. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is probably the first time that Carla has been at, well been asked these questions but probably even given this belief a lot of thought any thought maybe even all right hitting play do you think that 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 hindu person that they used faith to conclude that vishnu was correct is there a chance that they could be mistaken is there a chance that you could be mistaken? 
What's that? That I know, because that means I'll have doubt. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Ooh. <laughs> Why is doubt a bad thing? It is. So, well, so interesting. I can't in have context, doubt. In the context of religion, it's frowned upon, right? So. Yeah. I think um, if I were to change anything about what, uh, what I say next, I, I think I should congratulate her on admitting that because that's, I think that's, a, that's something hard to admit. On her honesty and, and yeah. openness. Mm. This really is a crossroads in the conversation because is she going to go relativistic and say everybody has their own truth? Or is she going to, to you know, hold fast to her belief and say, well, no, my, my belief is really true and all those other people are mistaken. That's a big, big crossroad right here. Yeah, see what happens. Hmm. Okay, so you're saying that to have doubt would be a bad thing. Okay. Would would doubt be a bad thing for the, for the Hindu person who? I think a doubt is a bad thing for anybody that um that is not believing in something that's true or that believing in something that's wrong or not okay. true. So. Can you think of an example in your daily life where doubt is a good thing? <sighs> that little side right there was like, I don't know if I'm liking this conversation. <laughs> I think. It's just, it's a You're muted. Sorry. I was going to say, I don't, I don't get that vibe. I don't think she's entirely uncomfortable, but it does appear that she's giving the questions a lot of thought. Okay. Yeah, but who knows? Yeah. All right. Hitting play. Um, I don't know if I'm talking about something that I'm not for sure about. Mm. <laughs> There's a doubt. Like if you were going to get in your car right now and, and drive home, how could doubt be a good thing? Do you put your seatbelt on when you get in the car? Yeah. <laughs> is the is do you feel confident that you won't get in an accident? Do you think maybe the doubt that you may in fact, getting into an accident, so you wear your seatbelt might be a good thing. I think about that all the time. If that seatbelt would save me or not, I just put it on because it's the law. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I see. <laughs> what? Yeah. So she's like, I just do it because of the law, not, to, not for safety I, reasons. I would have suggested something like oh. uh, if, if, some, you know, if some strange guy in a van pulls up next to you and, and says, you know, he's, he's got. Uh, hundred dollars for you in the back would it be a good thing to doubt that <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. hard to think of these it is it is hard to think of these examples on the fly but what what irks me is when you do give an example and somebody finds a reason to dismiss it like she just did like oh, i i just put it on because it's the law like she's not even really 
entertaining the meaning behind the hypothetical. She's getting too wrapped up in the 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 specificity of the hypothetical. Right. Yeah. Well, she may be that, getting that getting uncertain enough, uncomfortable enough that she just kind of wants to not talk about it too much anymore. She's, she's yeah, that's a good point. Examine, examine yeah, maybe this is, yes, and maybe that's just her, her reaching to figure out a way to dismiss it because she doesn't want to think about what you're, what you're driving at, which is yeah, this, this uncomfortable situation with this guy who's asking a lot of hard questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, hitting play. I don't, if, if my thing is, if it's, my time to go. It's just gonna be my time to go. But I don't. I don't know if a seatbelt actually safe. I don't. Know. Okay. <laughs> so, like, let's say that you know, um, that that woman who who believes in in a different god and she, she believes with a hundred percent confidence. She's sure of it, and she uses faith, the hope that that god is real. Um, do you think her having doubt and maybe looking into the Bible could be a good thing? Somewhere. Somewhere in her, there's a doubt. There's doubt. Okay. So, if there's no way for us to determine which of, our, of their books is the truth and which one is the Word of God, do you think doubt could be a good thing for you potentially if you're wrong <laughs> what was that say it again so if we can't determine which one is the is the word of god there's no way for us to really know could you could could doubt be a good thing in recognizing that you may not know or, or, I guess, is it a good thing to pretend that you know when you really don't? How do you guys feel about that? Oh, wow, you went there. <laughs> yeah, you went right at it. Uh, you were having a hard time. Uh, I think you were struggling to say clearly what you were, you were trying to say, and it was hard for me to kind of follow what you were asking, too. Um, yeah, but she felt comfortable. She did. She did feel comfortable enough to say, "Huh?" Like I don't, I'm not yeah. following. Rather than just give an answer, you know, she asked for clarification. So that's that's a good sign. This is she's interesting. Feeling, she's feeling somewhat comfortable. This is yeah, the first time we we've, we've had anybody go straight to the uh, pretending to know. I don't know if we've yeah. I've, I've seen that yet. I think um, I was having a little trouble tying down the idea that she may be mistaken. And she's kind of dodgy about it, but I know she understood the point, even though she doesn't necessarily want to say it. So I figured it might have been better just to go straight to it. And so maybe she might reflect on that uh, possibility. See what happens. I see, like, go really extreme and then see if she meets you, like, halfway and that therefore she's actually moving a little bit. Maybe yeah, not like quite as far as, like, an extreme position. So she could potentially say something like, um, right, but I'm, but I have the truth, you know, or something like that, or I know that I'm, I know, it and, and they should have out, or you know, double down, I guess. But um, I think at some point we had to really just figure out which way we were going to go. I got the feeling she was, she just was having a hard time understanding the question, but, but 
what you just said about pretending she should understand very clearly. Okay. Uh, so let's see and how happens. many how many more minutes do we have left of this? It's a good you know? question. Uh, <laughs> okay. Thank. I've never thought about it. No. There's no um there's no hope in pretending. I mean, well, I don't know, that's a tricky question too. <laughs> because um No, they always that always saying fake it till you make it. I mean, but my thing is, you have to have faith until you know it actually happens, and that you have to believe that it is going to happen. So, pretending is kind of false. <laughs> okay. If if everyone can use faith to believe that whether it's a god or something else if everyone can use faith but they can potentially be wrong whether it's the other god or believing they can do something and they may not be able to is faith as a way to know something a reliable method if you can use it for anything and that aspect um yeah because there like you said there are so many um, religions out there in order to have those they have to have faith in whatever they're believing in so All right so they can she's totally set up for the airplane question oh my gosh she just doesn't like she's not grasping it yeah she's recognized she says that it's reliable because everybody can use it to come to different conclusions I think it's one of those things where she's uh, she's never been asked any of these questions, so it's really hard for her to navigate uh, where this is going. Sounded to me like just a minute ago she she said, "Well, no, it's not good to pretend, and and you can't just fake it till you make it." And then she, immediately after she talked about faith, and it sounded like she was describing fake it till you make it. Maybe I missed it, but have you asked the question, is it possible for someone to be mistaken about something using faith? Has that been asked? Um, I, I asked so. that in terms I asked that in terms of hoping. Can you hope for something that it may not be um, you may be mistaken mm -hmm. about? And she said mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. I wonder if there's even just a simpler question we can ask people to get an assessment of how, how much thought have they really even given to this? Because this might be an advanced discussion for her. Maybe even something like, are there differences between believing and knowing? Right. And if somebody's struggling to answer that, it's almost like the whole Tic Tac thing, like before you move on to a belief, you need to kind of get an assessment if they think truth is objective. And you know maybe there's even some sort of middle step where you you ask a, a question or two to, to to gauge how much time they've actually spent thinking about these things. Right. I agree. I think we should, uh, especially in, with someone who clearly doesn't seem to have thought about it much, ask some very simple, basic questions uh, to see if they, you know, they, they understand the words the way we do, uh, or see if they understand the difference between you know, belief and, mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. reality. Yeah, because maybe maybe these questions are just overwhelming her, 
now that I'm now that I'm watching this. I, I've seen this when you uploaded it, you know, a long time ago. But now that we're like breaking it down, it's this is great. This is really a healthy exercise, I think. Yeah. Because uh, we can we can kind of figure out ways to improve this, you know. Um, if we get to the end of the video, I think it's pretty soon. Uh, I really like what you said uh, right at the end, but we'll we'll get there. Okay. Like, we would you agree that not everyone can be correct in their belief? So if we all use faith, faith can lead to incorrect conclusions for some people. It just depends so, on what they have faith in. Hmm. Do you think faith as a method is a good way to know something to be true? Um, I'm guessing not. Because if you're having faith in something that's not true, then faith can be, I guess it's just how you use it, I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you do the best you can. It's part of the reason why you are 100% confident and you don't want to doubt. Part of the reason why you, you can be 100% is faith, but faith can steer you wrong in some way as a method right <laughs> so how can you be a hundred percent confident if you're using faith like everyone else because um the bible and i still relate it back to the bible mm. okay the cool. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate it. No worries. I'm good, I guess. She looked pretty uncomfortable there at the end. Yeah, but but I, I like I like when she said, "I don't know if I helped you or confused you." So I guess my neutrality was still intact. Good. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think I saw her making some actual progress, though. She seemed to actually be working through it and making sense of things. Yeah, hopefully when her friend came up, you know, her friend probably said, well, what was that all about? And hopefully they discussed it where it would further cement that conversation in her mind. Uh, but, it, yeah, it's discouraging when you see uh, after all that, those wonderful questions that you asked, her going back to, well, it's the Bible. It's it's all in the book, but you're using, you know, the follow up would be, uh, and yet, are are you not using faith to be sure that what the Bible is telling you is true? But yeah, she, you asked her a lot of questions, and, and I think it was, you know, you gave her a lot to think about. Put it that way. Yeah, I think that was an example of someone you really have to take your time with, otherwise, they're not going to follow along. I'm going to refresh. Also, uh, go ahead, Rick. Yeah, I'm gonna, I was, I was just saying, I'm going to refresh. I heard a couple times you started questions with like, would you agree or do you think blah, blah, blah. Those are kind of just not really questions. They're just positions disguised as questions sometimes. Hmm. Like you're kind of giving your opinion in a question. A bit so i don't know how i forgot what exactly what you asked but 
I guess be a little careful of like smuggling in something you actually are trying to get across rather than trying to like get them to reflect on. Right. Instead of having her lead the way I would basically say, all right, so here's, here's the next step. Which way do you want to go? And kind of pushing it. Yeah. Well, just ask a question without providing any possible answers. Right. With it. Exactly. That was good though, Eddie. That was good. Now, how many videos have you uploaded? Oh, that's a good question. I think it's in the 26, 27 range. Um, as nice. of late, as of late, I, I really haven't um, uploaded a lot, but I do, uh, just because of the weather and work and stuff, um, but I do have a vacation coming up starting tomorrow. And I have a interview scheduled with a pastor. Um, his name is Chris Legg. And I heard about him through one of um, David Smalley's interviews, and it was just like two, three weeks ago. And I decided to reach out to him and said, "Hey, man, uh, I'd like to." I really, I, I first started off saying, "Hey, and thank you for being so cordial." And and uh, it was a great conversation between you and David. And I, I wish people can can have such a respectful conversation like that. And and then I kind of told him what I do. Um, and he was up for it. He's and we're going to meet tomorrow at two p.m. Nice, excellent. That's great. That's cool. Are you planning to record that? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I'm not sure if he's going to also record it as well. But I did show show him my my web uh, YouTube channel because he's going to. I mean, he wants to know where's this going to go, how's it, you know, and stuff like that. So he does have some idea of of what is coming. But um, I, I don't think that's necessarily going to derail anything unless he's just, you know, not wanting to, do, to participate in some way. This is a little bit of an experiment, like, it, like David Smalley's approach versus SC, if you do pretty much strict SC. Yeah. Um, my idea is to start off with um, his God belief and how he can be sure. Um, but I also wanted to finish his discussion on whether God is good because his, um, when David mentioned, you know, how do you, what's your method of knowing that God is good? Um, David did a really good job of nailing down the bias he has. He sees good things he's, and that confirms God is good and he sees bad things. And we're, we're just um, human beings and we can't know the big picture and the plan. And so I think what was lacking on uh, that follow-up question was, are you using the same perception as a human being that's that's uh, that's uh, lacks scope like a god? Are you using that same perception to conclude that he's good? Like, is it is it the same thing? Um, and I've worked, I'll, I'll word it better, but I'd like to get his feedback on that as well. Mm. I don't know if you guys ever heard the. Um, the case for an evil God. And it, it basically breaks down all of the um, reasons why how, or how Christians explain evil away. And um, you basically just take that method and flip it to an evil God. And it's, it's very telling. And, and um, I've, I've um, shown this to Christians before and they're like, that's absolutely ridiculous. And I'm like, I know that's kind of the point. Uh, and, uh, but I want to do it in an SE style way where it's, where it's more um, 
just questions on understanding if we're um, if our perception is you know as as human beings can't see the grand scheme how could we determine bad or good how do we do that mm. sounds interesting so, yeah yeah as long as you make a collaborative and uh, try to keep asking questions i think you'll be on track that's kind of neat that you were able to hear him on dogma debate and see david use some se and then agree to meet with him to keep it going that's neat that's good yeah. what's up next reed up next is a little bit of update on the SE uh, logo initiative. Um, um, want to talk about that, Anthony? Yeah, sure. And Eddie, you're more than welcome to stay around. Uh, we can definitely uh, use your input if you want to weigh in on some of these things. Cool. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so we've we've concluded uh, our logo design initiative project, and I'm really excited to say that we received probably 50 submissions. And we're going through them right now. There's a small team that's looking at them, narrowing it down. And we should probably have some information about which logo has been selected, probably within the next week or two. After which point, we will go ahead and start selling some merchandise with the logo on it, probably through Evolfish. And people can get coffee mugs and t-shirts. And the, the funds from that can uh, be used to cover the expenses that we're incurring for going on a trip to give a talk about SE or purchase a banner for a table and things like that. So this will be kind of nice to, to be, able to be able to have a little bit of a source of income and also help brand SE a little bit better. So um, if you're not in any of the Street Epistemology Facebook groups or you follow that account on Twitter, I would recommend that you do that will be the place that will make the announcement. And you'll start seeing that logo popping up on all those social media accounts as well. Great. Um, yeah, just stay tuned for that. Uh, next up, we're going to be talking, or just announcing some Hangouts coming up. Um, the first one is uh, Anthony's going to be talking with Matt Dillahunty and uh, another guy called Ozzy something. What was that, Anthony? All right, so yeah, so Ozzy Mandius Ramses II, I believe, is the moniker that he goes by. Oh, is, okay. is Have you heard of him? I think so. Yeah, he's pretty good, pretty bright guy. Uh, he seems to be kind of Matt's go-to when Matt needs to bounce some ideas off of a person. And uh, he's, he's a really bright fellow. I think he's out of Canada. But anyways, so how this all originated was I was listening to Blake Junta give an interview on Robert Stanley's The Right to Reason, uh, which is an atheist podcast, but he had Blake on, who's a Christian apologist. And Blake was using a belief scale when he was questioning Robert's confidence that there was no God. And Robert Stanley said, you're doing that, you're doing that street epistemology thing. And, and it was kind of interesting how we're seeing the belief scale now being used by atheists to ascertain where a, where a theist is on their belief, but we're also, it's, it seems, that theists are using a belief scale to ascertain where they're at. And yet, I know that Matt has some strong feelings on the belief scale, so I thought, okay, well, this is an opportunity here. Let's do a, let's do a Google Hangout. So uh, we were going to try to do it by the end of next week, but I think it's going to be the week after. Um, Matt's been traveling a lot and the other guys had some limited availability. Anyways, it looks like we're going to be meeting and doing a Google Hangout probably on my YouTube channel. 
and uh, we'll publicize it where people can watch that live. And then the footage will be then uh, distributed on Matt's Atheist Debates Patreon so that people can watch that. So this will be a really good opportunity to to see how an atheist that's using SE is breaking out the belief scale, listen to how a Christian apologist might use the belief scale, and then hear two very prominent people who are involved in atheism give their views on the belief scale. And maybe I'm, what I'm hoping is that they're able to poke some holes in, in what we're doing and we can shore it up and make it a little better. Maybe a little tweak here or there can help make this belief scale more more easy for people to understand and more more rigid i guess in terms of of our ability to ascertain where somebody is at on their belief so i'm very very excited about that so stay tuned that will be coming looks like I'd like to find out if they're being used in the same way mm. awesome well love it cool so also coming up um we're going to try and do something uh new uh Tomorrow, we're going to be doing another Hangout on this same channel, but we're just going to be posting a link in all of the Facebook uh, SE groups, and we're going to just do like some role play um, sessions with just people who ever want to join a Hangout. They can do some role play with each other, or maybe we might find some people who actually want to be SE for real about one of their real beliefs. So just stay tuned. Uh, we're going to be figuring, figuring that out and posting a link uh, in the ASC Facebook groups about that for tomorrow. That's cool. Yeah, I saw you make a post in the chat with a street epistemologist Facebook group, which I understand is, uh, oh wait, was it the Learn? There's a couple of them. There's Chat With and then there's Learn Street Epistemology. Mm -hmm. Both of those groups, I believe, are open to atheists and theists. Regardless of where, where you stand on a particular claim, you can join that group. And, and yeah, that would be really cool to give those folks an opportunity to experience an SE discussion because I yeah I seem like there seems like there's some criticism from apologists about this method and I think it would be helpful for them to participate in a talk and they can yeah. you know, experience it firsthand so we'd like to do this kind of on on the regular where we just do a hangout and let anybody who wants to come in just uh, just chat that's we'll cool post, we'll post the uh, we might unlist the the Hangout and just post it back into the Facebook groups or keep it public. We don't know. We'll see. Mm. But we're going to experiment. That's cool. So yeah, if you haven't subscribed to the Street Epistemology YouTube channel, go ahead and do it because there's there's going to be some interesting content coming on that channel. Yeah. So next up, um, Anthony, you were on the Atheist Experience uh, last yeah. weekend. You want to talk, talk about that? Yeah. I mean, there. I guess there's not too much. I mean, I think it went pretty well. I was on with Tracy Harris and we, God, we were on for like an hour and a half, almost two hours, I think. At the end, they, yeah. they opened it up to audience questions. So they had a microphone and then people in the audience and the, the audience was filled. There were probably 30, 25 people maybe in the audience and they passed the microphone around too. I, I it would have been nice if there were more theistic callers. We only had one, uh, one of one was a prank. So I'm not even, I'm not including that one but uh, it was good I think it was a good opportunity to explain what SE is I was able to show a couple of clips from one of my favorite talks and answer some questions and the, the very first theistic caller goes out and does street preaching so I thought it was it was a good opportunity to help explain the differences between 
what a street preacher might do and somebody who's doing what like Eddie does or, or what we do and initiate talks with people. Um, it was a little challenging because you have two people talking to a caller yeah, and, yeah. and there's this like natural built in tendency to want to share the mic. Right. Like, so, you know, I talk a little bit and then Tracy would want to talk and it's so hard to stay on track because of that venue. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where, um, Tracy is so used, used to, you know, um, a certain, I don't want to say script, but how things normally go. And so when she hears something, someone claims something, she's like, wait, 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 wait. I have an answer for this. Um, <laughs> yeah. And... Argument from design. Okay. We, there's no way we can let this go. We have to address it. Like, yeah. yeah. And so unfortunately that's, that's going to derail um, the, the process of SE. And I, I honestly didn't think that it would be like, all right, today is going to be an, you know, an SE show and let's see how it goes. It was just more of an introduction or a reintroduction to SE. So, I think it was still a success. I'd like to know what Tracy thinks about it after the fact. If she had any thoughts about how that went. She thought, um, thought I wonder if I should have let me have a little more time. There is an open show note thread. Ooh, where is it at? I think it's Pathos, maybe? If you go to Pathos and the Atheist Experience, and then they have a blog post for each show. So if you want to give some feedback, I'm pretty certain that Tracy reads that very closely. So if you want to give her some feedback on how uh, maybe it can be improved for next time or what you thought was good, that would be the place to go ahead and do it. Do you guys, uh, before the show, talk at all about how, about whether you were going to be allowed some room to, to perform SE or not? No, you know, we, we didn't. We, we just kind of spent it just kind of, building rapport and, and joking around. And we didn't come up with a game plan like, okay, Tracy, you talk for three minutes and then um, I'll get in there. And if you can just give me 10 and then I'll say something and then you can take it back. Like it would have been nice if we, we sort of planned that, but even if we had planned it, I don't know how either of us would have stuck to it, but yeah, I, it would take, I think it, there's, there's a certain element of coordination I think that would need to happen in order for it to, to work, you know? She knows what SE is, she knows what you do, and she has she's having you on the show, so I would have thought that it would have at least occurred to them that maybe they might let you do your thing, but it's yeah. okay. It was I, definitely think, I definitely think she tried, and she was like, oh, this is a question for you, and so she really, you know, yeah. tried, but, but in order to let it, uh, let SE be showcased, she would have to be like, I can't, you also have to remember and, and i've watched the show for years before i picked up on it that the person sitting on the right is the main host and the person sitting on the left as you're watching the screen mm -hmm. the person sitting on the left is the is the um well, they have a guest host and they have a what's the other one like sub host co-host co-host co so i was a guest host i wasn't even a co-host but the guest host and the co-host, in my view, defer to the main host. So I, I was a welcome, I was a visitor. I was welcomed into their program. And for me to just, yeah, I know. just take the yeah. reins and say, hold on, Tracy, I'm not done talking to this guy yet. You can't do that. It would just be rude. And I, I wouldn't feel show. comfortable 
yeah, exactly. So I, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing it. Um, but there might be other opportunities to go on and, and maybe we can plan a little bit more or uh, maybe there's another co-host that would be on that might be more open to, to letting me have a little bit more time. Cool. Well, we'll, we'll see. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. All in all, uh, though, I think the experience was good because we had so many people that wanted to join the, I had a chance to talk, well, we had a chance to talk about Reed's channel. Cordial Curiosity, and, Thank and you. hopefully you saw a little bit of a bump in that, and we saw a bump in people wanting to join the private Facebook groups, all the Facebook groups uh, for that matter. Yeah. So yeah, in terms of in terms of getting people aware of SE, I think that was great. I haven't checked lately how many people have watched the show, but it's probably you know, it'll probably be in the tens of thousands in a week or so. And getting getting a chance to show those clips, I think, was hugely beneficial. Yeah, that, that's a, so. that's on the ATX experience, and right here is this other thing, and look at how this works. Yeah, just that. I think would, I don't know if Reed, if you've had any further discussions with them, but I think it would be so cool if they were to show an SE clip in the twenty minutes that that people are the people are tuning in and queuing up to watch it live. It would be great if they were to show a clip or two before the actual show launches. That would be like start it be start it live maybe fifteen to twenty minutes before the actual, you know, start time and just yeah. play video clips. That would, yeah. that would be awesome. Would that be neat? Why not? Uh, are we good on time? I have a question. Sure. Yeah. So, um, do you guys think that, um, or what do you think is the best venue? I mean, uh, as far as where this could go. Um, do you think it would be beneficial to eventually have, you know, years down the road, an SC Collins show, or do you think it can go in a different direction, or do you think it's probably best just to stick to um, interviews that we're doing now, just more exposure, or um, or something else? Because I think, I think honestly, um, the Collins show probably wouldn't be the best uh, thing because people eventually know what they're getting into and you'll have more dishonest conversations. Um, mm. But I don't know necessarily where it would go besides, hey, there's you know, these people going out to places and talking with people. Like, what could be like a, yeah. something else yeah. we could do? Yeah. Some, a college show might be, its greatest effect would be in producing awareness as opposed to actually changing minds. Um, right. You probably would get a bunch of trolls. And, but then... So does AXP. So <laughs> they do. They deal with it. I, I think the uh, yeah the venue is a factor, but more importantly is the quality of the of the interlocutor. So if you're going to have an honest interlocutor call into AXP, and the hosts have worked something out beforehand where they're going to give a lot of latitude to somebody to facilitate the discussion, then I think that would that would be fine. Although there would be some advantages to being able to see somebody face to face in that thing, as opposed to doing it over the phone, but no, I th I think it could work. But uh, getting a good quality caller would be the biggest challenge, and, and that's our biggest challenge today, even with the counter apologetics. So, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it's certainly worth a try. I, I think there's a Polish version of AXP, and the hosts are big proponents of SE. So it'd be interesting to see if, if what they're, what they're experiencing. 
what I would like to see is um, interviews with high-profile um, theists, not necessarily apologists, but high-profile theists, and see how that um, could play out. Well, this would be a good time to plug our friend Doug's channel, Pine Creek. Yeah. He brings on apologists all the time, these hardcore believers, and he has an interesting mix. Uh, he, he, he throws everything at them. Uh, and he does, he brings a lot of the, the SE elements into it as well. So, uh, if, if that's something that you're interested in, like to see, well, how would, it, how would a Christian apologist hold up to Socratic questioning? Then I would recommend following Pine Creek on YouTube. Cool. I'll check it out. Yeah. And Doug's in the chat now, so feel free to say hi to him. Oh yeah. And we're going to take a couple questions from the audience too, before we go. Yeah, like so. Save your questions until the end, and we'll get, we'll get to them. All right. So next up, just wanted to do another plug for this new SE YouTube channel that just launched uh, called Placing Pebbles. Um, pretty excited about that. Um, I forgot the whoever's doing it. Do we Tommy. do we know Tommy? Tommy? Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, you guys went to QED with them, right? <laughs> Yeah, so he, I think he's going to be posting his first like conversation today. So if you guys want to subscribe to him and give him a, a nice little bump right there at the start, and he's he's got a awesome. he's got a little bit different uh, uh, format. He's he's doing these as uh, a, a journey, his journey into becoming an SE. So it's not just going out and doing it. It's, we're we're gonna he's doing it to help other people get started. Yeah, it's kind of doing like a vlog series of like showing the process of like you know buying the stuff and just right. the whole process. That's really cool. I hope I hope he includes a little bit of what he's thinking before he's going out there, like what's going through his mind before and then after the talk, because it could be a little nerve wracking to go out and, and do this stuff and seeing some of that, seeing some of his anxiety before and then maybe some of the elation after could be really interesting to see. I agree. He should be giving his thoughts as he goes so other people who are starting out can relate. Yeah. Placing pebbles. Oh, and before I forget, um, we're looking for somebody to, before we get to the questions here, um, we're looking for somebody who's listening to this podcast or watching it who would be interested in creating um, some links to specific sections in this broadcast. So people could just skip ahead. So something that might say, you know, here's a link to Eddie's breakdown video with Carla, and then there's a little timestamp so people can skip ahead. Um, we know it's something that that would be helpful to have in the video description, but none of us really wants to do it. So if if you're a fan and you want to help us out, well, that would be a really great way to help. Yeah, exactly. So I guess the. Uh... Last thing is just any any questions from the audience. Anybody got anything? I know some people were talking about having like a cash cab type of format uh, for a call-in show. That'd be kind of fun. What is that? Yeah. Ca cash cab? You never, you never seen that show? It's kind like a trivia crazy. show. Yeah. I do know a guy uh, who... I remember. He's an Uber. He was an Uber driver or a Lyft driver, and then he would have SE conversations. And we talked about filming. That was about a year or so ago. And there's some. There is some YouTube channel. I think it's called 
Kingdom Cab, where it's it's a it's a Christian who films his discussions with people, <laughs> and it goes pretty much the way that you would think it would go. Uh, but yeah, it would be kind of neat. It would be kind of neat to throw a couple cameras in a car and drive people around. Although I would wonder how they would rank you if it was sort of a you know like an Uber situation or Lyft. Yeah, someone's asking about if we've decided on the SE logo. Not yet. Stay tuned. Uh, maybe two weeks or so, we'll have that. I'd answer. say probably you know probably by the end of next week we should have a design selected and uh, announced. Okay. Adam does SE ask any suggestions for slowing down apologists that answer with their canned responses like half a second after they ask the question. In person, do you mean? Yeah, I would ask them if if that's the argument that they find convincing. If they didn't, if they weren't aware of that argument, would they be less confident that their God existed? They're going to probably say just, no. Maybe just repeating back what they're saying slowly and just clarifying exactly what they're saying, so there's no, you know, weaseling of definitions and stuff like that. Well, if they go on and on and on forever, you have to kind of cut them off, right? Say, well, can we just kind of get back to this original question? Because some people will just talk endlessly if you let them. Yeah, I, I, I'd ask, you know, is this something, like I said, like, is this something that is bolstering your belief? If you hadn't discovered this apologetic, would you be less confident? And then you can determine if you need to spend the time on it or not. Mm-hmm. Someone else is asking if Sam Harris has heard about SC. I would say so. He's done he, like a blog post he, I, interview. Yeah. Well, he has this thing. It's like an ask me anything. And then every, I think he's on his ninth one. Maybe he's, he's on his 10th. And then every time he does an AMA, apparently on the website, his website, they wipe it clean and then they do another AMA. So it, I'm thinking if if we want to get on his radar, whether he knows it or not, but if we want him to address SE, then probably asking, getting enough people to, you know, getting somebody to ask the question and then enough upvotes, if that's how it works. I haven't even been to his website. Yeah, periodically he like posts on social media for people to mm-hmm. ask him questions on his AMA page. And I think it's only for supporters. So I'm sure there's a lot of overlap in the SE community that support him. So next time he does that, We'll be sure to post a question and upvote it. Yeah, I, I think it's probably just a matter of time before it will get on his radar. But we have to be persistent and, you know, maybe a little coordination where somebody notices, ah, he just refreshed it. There's nothing on there right now. And then we have a canned message that somebody pastes on there. And then we have a coordinated effort to give that message the attention that it needs so that it at least uh, there's a, increases the likelihood that he sees it. Now, whether or not he cha- he chooses it or not, it's completely up to him. But yeah, it's, it's so sad because I th- there's so much noise in the way between getting this technique in front of him. It's discouraging. But I think if he were to be aware of it, he would be interested in it because, you know, he has, he has, uh, he spends a lot of time on the, on the, uh, the neuroscience and the backfire effect. Right. Um, someone's asking, is the SE book a good book to recommend to a Christian? What do you mean the book? Like Bogosian's book? Probably not. 
why what's the what's the goal like if you wanted to agitate a christian then yeah it would be a good book but if like if you're if you want them to get a better understanding of se i suppose that could be good um the book i think was intended for atheists you know people people who who want to have a more effective way of questioning believers so i think that was the target audience so it, it probably rubbed a lot of people the wrong way i think if they were god believers right um someone's asking if anthony would you ever go into something like joe rogan's podcast yeah i think you're okay yeah yeah definitely yeah, i go I was just thinking about it. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go on it. I've never been high before, so yeah, I'd give it a try. <laughs> As someone's just giving some positive feedback to me about having a, a new camera angle on my latest video. Yeah, I now have a wide mm -hmm. camera angle, which just made me think about the places I go to now, because I'm like, well, if I can get a nice striking image right up front, and like it's like a... Uh, it's a popular kind of landmark of Los Angeles that might spark some people's interest to kind of keep watching. Mm -hmm. And I've, yeah. I yeah, okay, go ahead. I was gonna say I, well, I have kind of taken your lead, and um, I have a dual camera thing too. And it's uh, what I was doing is is always showing the, the person, uh, like always always showing the chest view. And then occasionally showing um, me as like a little thumbnail in that video. But now I like doing a complete cut where it's the chest view and then wide and then chest view and then wide and not even do the little thumbnail. Um, yeah, and I, have, like I have to say That's it's, it's kind of helpful too. I, I never realized how helpful having a second camera angle is. Like there was one time I was filming with my, you know, the chest and a, a family walked by with a little kid. So normally I'd have to blur the little kid's face out and that would take an hour to do just for 30 seconds going across the screen. Um, now I can just switch cameras to the wide shot at, that doesn't show the kid's face. So it was a, it's just, just little things like that uh, can help. Or if, if there's kind of a lag in the conversation, like they're, they're, you know, you know how you, you have these points in the conversation where they start launching into something and you're like, okay, I can probably check out just a little bit here for 30 seconds or a minute. That's a good time to cut to the different camera where you see somebody walking by in the background or jogging by or riding a bike or something. So it's, I think it's helpful to kind of keep people's interest by having those other cameras. Um, there's one camera view I'd like to see somebody try, which is um, to have the two people at kind of a 45 and the camera straight like like you would normally see two guys on a stage who would talk having a conversation they're not looking straight at each other they're kind of faced out towards the audience so we can see both person's face without having to switch back and forth or the thing i find uncomfortable about reads is when mm. you have his face on one side and the other person's face on the other side they're both looking neither one of them are looking at each other it just feels funny <laughs> Because it's like I'm constantly trying to orient my own head in space to figure out what's going on. But right. I, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I thought it would be nice to, to just have the two people sitting at a table, but you know, kind of at a 45. I think that's and the actual angle I'm going to be trying them. to do. 
Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think that would be great. Specific with the. Well, I'm going to try to do it um, when I have the interview with the pastor tomorrow because it's it's not. I'm not going to be wearing a chest cam or anything like that. So my only options are uh, to set up the camera away. Um, but I might as well just get myself in the shot if I can. So I think that could probably work that 45 if I can. Mm-hmm. I do think it's useful to see the SE because especially if it's uh, somebody like Anthony who you're trying to get pointers on you know, how to act and how to behave. Before Anthony, we, no one's ever seen your face. So we hear you, we hear your voice, but we don't know what your expression is, you know, what your body language is. Mm-hmm. And that would help if we're trying to, you know, do it ourselves. Yeah. Right. Another question. Um, have any of you been or felt threatened by the interlocutor during an SE conversation? I know Anthony has a playlist of like some close calls there. <laughs> what was the guy, the Martian guy? Or the, the... Oh yeah. What was that? Uh, rocket ship to Mars. Rocket ship to Mars very, very aggressive guy. Oh yeah, and I just I just try to stay calm. I wanted to get a, a irate with him, but I I thought that if I do this conversation, we're going to start fighting. If I was if I if I <laughs> level, we would he would have probably decked me. So yeah, it, it happens. Uh, but that's that, rare. That one that Lucas did a long time ago, where he sat down with the, the uh, oh he was Nazi. <laughs> Uh, that white supremacist guy, big, huge, muscly guy. Uh, I was, I was nervous, and I wasn't even there. <laughs> uh, how about you, Reed? Any close calls? Um, I do go to some public parks and public areas in uh, some popular spots in LA, and there's some like homeless people that have, you know, come up and just been very, very. Um, strange and acted weird, but I, I didn't feel threatened by them. But they just they hung around for a while, and I couldn't get them to to like move on. But that's like the main mm-hmm. that's the worst thing. Um, let me see anything else. Um, someone's asking Anthony, can you please go on to a show with Steve McRae? He has a few people I know he'd like to, you to perform some essay dialogue with. Oh, I'm going to be on with him. I'm going to be oh, on with him. Yeah. I'm going to be on with him next week. Who is that? Uh, Steve McRae. Uh, what's the name of his? I think it's called The Great Debate. I think. Oh, that guy. And I think that's the name of the show. Yeah, I'm going to be on next week. We're going to do a do a talk. He has some comp- some complaints about SE. I believe he's atheist, and yeah, he he engages with athe with uh, theists quite a bit, and I think he uh, he gives the counter apologetics. I think he hosted a debate between um, Bill Ludlow and Kent Hovind, and it was like the classic. It was like it was like a a classic video that you would show somebody why they should use SE. <laughs> apparently, he apparently Steve McRae has all sorts of videos and talks with people, and uh, he invited me on a show, so that should be next week. 
Okay. So we can we'll record it on the eighth. We'll do recap recap of that the next episode then. Yeah. Whenever we do that. Um cool. I think uh I think we're good to cap it there. Anything else? Any final words, guys? Why don't we tell people how to reach us? Let's start to <laughs> let's go let's go read let's go read Joe myself and then we'll finish off with Eddie. All right, so you can check me out on my YouTube channel, Cordial Curiosity. Um, also have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search for Cordial Curiosity. Oh, Anthony Jim. or Joe? Uh, I don't have a, <laughs> I don't have a channel, so you can't. You cannot, reach, you cannot reach me. I'm unreachable. No, he, he's unreachable. <laughs> you can reach me okay. on my YouTube channel, which is Magnabosco two one zero. Or Twitter is a good way as well at Magna Bosco. And let's turn it over to our guest, Eddie. Eddie, it was really nice having you on and uh, breaking down your video. Yeah, I really appreciate Tell it, guys. a little bit about yourself and how people can reach you. Um, let's see. I'm known as Eddie Spaghetti to a lot of my friends. So <laughs> you can keep that in your head. Um, uh, you can reach me at Deep Discussions. I really just tend to stick to YouTube and reply to YouTube comments. Um, I'm not too active on um, my Facebook and Twitter accounts, even though I do have them. Um, but actually, I think one thing I wanted to mention, um, I'm, I don't know if you guys get this a lot, but I, I do see comments like saying, hey, great job. I don't have the patience to do this, so, but, but really good job. Um, and I just want to let people know that um, I used to be one of those um, very persistent atheist guys who just kind of goes after what, where I see the problem is and respond on social media a lot. And uh, even to, you know, friends and possibly family. And I was actually known for picking people's beliefs apart and sometimes coming down like a hammer and yada, yada. Uh, and, and I was able to understand the C and use it and actually understand why it's effective and, and, uh, and all that. So for people who think that I just don't have the patience, I'm more of a firebrand kind of guy. Uh, it's really not. It's really not the case. You really just need to give it a try and understand the benefits of it. And um, I would. I have to say that once I got good at it, I actually it changed my perception of believers. And and it's not something. They're they're no longer someone I have to to target or anything like that. And, and it's 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 more of a. Uh, a very helpful thing to the individual instead of just going after harmful beliefs, I guess you would say. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Totally well said. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, thanks everybody for joining and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Street Epistemology is a technique by Dr. Peter Bogosian in his book, A Manual for Creating Atheists and his Android and iOS app, Atheos. 